Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Do you ever get distracted? (laughs) You ever get just like tangled up in stuff and, and, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours, a week, two weeks, three weeks later, you realize that you're tangled up in stuff. And you don't know how you got there. You don't know why you're there. And, you know, at the end of the day, maybe, how many of you ever been at the end of your day and you just thought to yourself, man, I spent the whole day distracted. I didn't get anything done that I was planning to get done. I just, you know, maybe, maybe you even get to the end of a year and you're like, "Mm, wow, I didn't, I didn't think this is the way it was going to turn out. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that it's a fairly common phenomenon, I feel like, because we live in a very distracted world. We, we live in a world full of distractions. And, you know, I know that the distractions are there and they are looming large in our lives and they're, they're prevalent all around us. But let me tell you something. So is God's purpose for your life. God's purpose for your life is great and his his life his life for you is abundant his life for you is full his way is peaceful beyond our understanding and joyful in abundance how many of you know that's what God has intended for you and oftentimes in the in the fray of the distractions however we forfeit a lot of that we forfeit a lot of the peace we forfeit a lot of the joy we we forfeit a lot of the abundance that Christ has intended for us to have and there are many things that that are aimed at robbing us of that sometimes we can get caught up in the distractions so much so that we lose sight of our identity who it is that God has created us to be, who it is that God is calling us to be. We begin to lose sight of that identity. Sometimes we get so caught up in the distractions that we will find ourselves fighting for a place of victory rather than standing in and operating from a place of victory. And the the irony of that is, is that victory is not something that we can just simply find. It's something that's already been provided for us. We just got to stand in it. As as one old preacher used to say, look, the victory's already been granted. It's just up to us to enforce it. But sometimes we, we get so distracted by the world around us that we begin to live from the point the vantage point of a victim rather than the vantage point of a victor and and i want to i want to help you with that today because i know that if you're like me you deal with distractions in life and i want to invite you to turn with me to acts chapter 19 acts chapter 19 and i want to take a page from the life of the apostle paul to illustrate what I believe is a powerful lesson in how to not get distracted from the life that God has intended that you and I live. Acts 19 centers around Paul's ministry efforts in the city of Ephesus while on his third missionary journey. And we're going to see some very interesting things happen here as a result of Paul's ministry efforts here. And I want to encourage you today that as we're looking at this in the life of Paul, you remember a few weeks ago I said, listen, we've got to learn how to contextualize. 
Okay, maybe we're not a first century missionary, but we are Christ's ambassadors in this generation, and we have every bit of right to everything that Paul experienced, that Paul had. We, we have right to the miracles. We have right to the victory. We have right to the same spirit and everything. God is still affording that to his people in this generation. And we've, we've got to learn how to contextualize what we're seeing here. And as we look on at the life of the Apostle Paul, we may say, man, you know what? That, that's just something that I could never expect or imagine for my own life. But listen to the words of the Apostle Paul for you and I here in this generation that says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. I want to tell you today, church, that God has greater things for you than you've ever even imagine for yourself but too often are the times that we get distracted from what God's trying to do from where God's trying to lead for from what God has already done in our lives and today I want to encourage you that there is a life that God has intended for you to have today that is far beyond anything that you're able to comprehend for yourself and, and God wants you to walk in abundance, and God wants you to walk in blessing. And as we'll see here in just a bit, God wants you to look back at the experience of your life and say, wow, I cannot believe that I get to live this life. I, I would have never imagined this for myself, but God, in your foreknowledge and your wisdom, you have designed this for me and you have blessed me. And I am blessed. How many of you are blessed? Look, look over at your neighbor right now and tell him, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. If you're watching online, drop that in the chat. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So here's what's going on with Paul. Paul is in Ephesus and he is sharing the gospel. And wonderful things are happening. You know, so oftentimes we, we as believers, we want to go to where things are happening. But the word says that things should happen following us not for us to follow what's happening but that the, the spirit of god and the life of god should be so inherent in us that things are happening in our wake that that things would follow us signs and wonders would follow us and paul is there in the power and anointing of the holy spirit and he's preaching the word and signs and wonders are following him everywhere that he goes As a matter of fact he runs into one group of believers he encounters a group of believers early on in acts 19 and he says to them he says have you received the holy spirit since you believed?" they said we didn't even know there was such a thing and Paul says, well, then to what baptism then were you baptized? They said, we were baptized into John. And he said, well, let me tell you something. There's something even better than that. And Paul begins to pray for them. And the word says that when he laid his hands on them, they began to speak with other tongues and prophesy as the Spirit guided their lives and came upon them. Paul is so effective in this campaign that it lasted for two years and it says that everybody who dwelt in Asia had heard the word of the Lord and that Christ was glorified. Now, if you're impressed with that so far, wait, wait, just, just wait a minute until you read what happens next. In verse, verses 11 and 12, we, we read these words and it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. 
Let me, church, we serve a miracle working God. He, he's still a miracle worker. He still saves. He still heals. He still delivers and sets free. Amen. And, and Paul is so successful here in this ministry that the next few verses tell us, you know, when you got a good thing going on, a lot of people want to jump on the bandwagon. Paul is so su- successful in his ministry ventures that even posers start coming out and trying to be Paul. As a matter of fact, they start going around and they start proclaiming things in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Can I tell you something? There's a, there's a vast difference between having heard about something and having experienced something firsthand. Because there's a group of people, it says here that Paul went around and Paul was preaching the gospel. People were being baptized in the Holy Spirit. People were being saved, set free, delivered from demonic forces. And here's these posers out here. They'd only heard about Jesus, but they hadn't experienced him in the power of his resurrection. And they go out and they begin to preach Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And it tells about these seven sons of one of the chief priests there. And it says that they encountered this demoniac and they said, hey, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. And that man who was possessed with those spirits leapt on them and whipped all seven of them. And that's because there's a difference between knowing about something and experiencing something. There's a difference in having heard about the miracle-working power of Jesus and knowing him and the power of his resurrection. And then we come here to what, there's a moment in this chapter, in this narrative here that I call a cause and effect. A cause and effect, a couple of verses here that represent a cause and effect. The cause is this. This became known both, and we're talking about the spread of the gospel here. This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on all of them and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. The name through the ministry of the Apostle Paul and his disciples and what they were doing there in the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit, it says that Jesus was glorified Jesus was magnified in that community in that in that region and he was lifted up that's the cause here's the effect and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed you want to know how to make a real difference in this world you want to know how to make a real difference in this world it's not trying to win every argument that comes your way It's not trying to convince everybody of your point of view. It's living a life wherein the Lord Jesus Christ is magnified, where the attention is off of you and it's on him. It's not about you anymore. You decrease so that he can increase. And I'm telling you that things begin to happen when the church takes on the identity of their Savior and says, let me represent Christ first of all. Things begin to change. 
change in the world around them. And it says that even the sorcerers brought their spell books and burned them up at the cost of about 50,000 pieces of silver. I'm telling you, if you want to see things happen in this world, if you want to see the, the degradation and the filth begin to be forsaken, let the people of God begin to live lives that glorify God, that surrender self and exalt the name of Jesus and things will happen. So Paul has done this work here. Amazing work. I would love to see in Greenville, North Carolina, in Pitt County, I would love to see the cause and effect of verses 18 through 20. The cause is that Christ was glorified. The effect was that sinful people forsook their sinfulness. I would love to see that cause and effect, but Paul is here, and there's this powerful work that's going on, and as this powerful work is going on, enter distraction. Right on cue. Paul has done this work, but there's still so much more for Paul to do. Remember, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered in the hearts of the man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. There's still more. There's still more for Paul. There's still more for you. There's still more for you right now in this moment. There is still more for you. Matter of fact, I want you to stand up all over this place right now. I feel this in my spirit. Just, just stand up right now in a posture of praise and submission and surrender right now. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I want everything that you have for me. I know, Lord, that you want to bless me, that you want to prosper me, that you want to give me a future and a hope. And I know, God, that you have a great plan for my life, and I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you worship him right now? Just, just give him praise all over this place. These things, these things have happened. You can be seated for a few more minutes. These things have happened, and in verse 21, Paul says, I must see Rome. That's our cue, Paul says, that there's still more. It's great that these things have happened here. It's great that I've experienced this so far, but I know that God's calling on my life is bigger than this moment, and I know there's still unfinished work here, and I've got to be about the business that God has for my life. I've got to get on to my next assignment. And then in verse 23, it says this. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. Now, don't be confused. This is not the way of the Mandalorian. Okay? If all of you on this half of the room would ask these guys on this half of the room to explain that to you after service, that would be great. But the way, as it's spoken of here, is, Paul's, is Luke's descriptor of the church. And he says this, this shaking is going on in the city of Ephesus. The Spirit of God is moving. The power of God is falling in that place. And, and there arose a commotion, a great commotion about the way. And... I want to issue you this encouragement. Do not, do not, do not 
think it strange when the spirit of the lord begins to move in your life when the enemy begins to surround you with great commotion i I just i want to encourage you today that placidity is a warning sign in your spiritual life in your spiritual walk the only time that the waters are not troubled in the sea of faith is when you are headed adrift in the direction that your adversary intends and desires for you to go but when you are pursuing the things of god trouble will find you commotion will surround you life is not falling apart Quite the contrary, great commotion is often, if not always, a good indicator that you're right on track. And what what spurred this commotion was that there was a silversmith. This city of Ephesus, they worshipped this goddess Diana. And there were silversmiths in that town that made a good living off of making these little trinkets and idols for the temple of Diana. And because of this great revival, they were seeing a sharp decline in their gross revenue. And it began to upset them. How many of you know their politics, religion, and money? right touch any of those three things and you've got some upset people on your hands and 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 religion and money here are in the in the balance and this is what's going on but they were they made uh they made these little idols and you know of to the great goddess dianus diana and and they 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 began to realize through Paul's evangelistic efforts it was cutting into their revenues and this one silversmith in particular started trouble. And verse, verse 28 we read these and it's these words and it says, Now when they had heard this, they were full of wrath and they cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city, mark this right here, this next phrase, the whole city was filled with confusion. Now, the word says that God is not the author of confusion. So we know that this is not of God. And they rushed to the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's traveling companions. So they got a couple of Paul's friends and they rushed into the theater. This would be one of those old Colosseum amphitheater type deals that they had all over Rome and Asia and those places in that time. And they they went in there to get this great debate and stir going. And the city was filled with confusion of which God is not the author. And here's here's where I want to bring you this morning here's the whole point so if you've if you've slipped away from me to this point come back because here's where a lot of us live life right here in verse 30 remember God was the architect of the life of this man named Paul He called him out of his darkness and into his marvelous light so that he could show forth the praises of him who called him out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And because through the ministry of Paul, God was being glorified, people were being saved, delivered, and set free, and bondages were being broken in people's lives all around. 
right? And, and, and then entered this confusion, remember, that God is not the author of. So this is not of God. But here's Paul, he says, and when Paul, Paul wanted to go into the people. Paul wanted to go into the people. Paul wanted to go into the people. Remember, let's back up one verse here, or a couple of verses here, verse 29. So the whole city was filled with confusion. And they rushed into the theater with one accord. And Paul said, I want to go into the people. In other words, I want to go and insert myself in the confusion that the adversary has authored in this moment. And there's so many of us, we know what the will of God is. We know what our identity is in Christ Jesus. And God begins to move in our lives. And we've, we've made all these confessions and we've made all these promises and we've made all these uh, commitments to God and we're going to do better and we're going to do this and we're going to pursue God and this is going to happen and we're going to be this way and we start heading in that way and all of a sudden the enemy authors some confusion around us and we're right here in verse 30 with Paul we want to get in it we want to entertain it we want to engage it But thank God for the latter part of this verse that says the disciples would not allow him. Paul wanted to go down and check out the action. In other words, Paul said, no, I know God's doing great things right now, but the enemy is moving in on me like that. You know, uh uh-uh. Somebody's got to set things straight. Somebody's got to justify. Somebody's got to vindicate me. Somebody needs to set the record straight. Let me go down to the theater and get in the middle of the confusion. Thank God it didn't stop with his disciples. It carries on in verse 31. It says, and then some of the officials of Asia who were his friends, thank God for friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Let me tell you something, church. If you don't have any, you need some people in your life that will be something to you besides an echo chamber for your own opinion. I mean, you need some people around you that it's not the same word coming back at you in a different voice every time you say something. You you need some people who are not content to simply commiserate with you in your trouble, but rather they speak words of life and words of faith over you. They encourage you to get above the fray of the confusion and to stay out of the mess that the adversary is trying to build into your life and say, no, you don't have time for that. Nobody's got time. You need to stay out of that. You need to rise above that. You need to take the high road and get around that because that's not God's will for your life. And you know, we can't always see things as we need to and that's why this is so important. Because sometimes we're too emotionally invested in what's happening. We're, we're taking things way too personal to not get irrational and not behave foolishly. And, and they said to Paul, they said, Paul, listen, man, there's no, there's no need to get involved in this. I know people are coming against you and, and, and what you're doing here, but this is not worth the time and the energy to fight against it. And can I tell you this today? 
that everything that causes commotion around you is not your problem to fix. Everything that causes commotion around you is not your argument to win. It's not your fight to contend. It's not your issue to figure out. And it should not become the hurt nor the burden that you continually carry. We have to be wise and we have to be discerning in the things that we pursue in this life because there's so many times that we can, we can move, we can vacillate so wildly from being over here on this side, seeing victory after victory after victory after victory after miracle after miracle to swinging way over here on this side to, to positioning ourselves in a place of defeat. And the whole crux of the matter is we allow ourselves to enter into confusion that is authored by our adversary in order to distract us from what God is trying to do in our lives. And the Bible's not explicitly clear on why there were so many counselors in Paul's life at this time counseling against his involvement in this commotion but it stands to reason here that if Paul had involved himself here he may have been delayed or worse he may have never made his next divine appointment and I have a feeling that I'm speaking to a lot of people today whether in this room or watching online for whom if we were if if they took a serious inventory of the things that we're allowing to consume us, we'd find that the same is true for us. Sometimes we're just allowing things into our lives that are drawing us away from our next divine appointment. They're delaying us, they're hindering us. Not everything that is working your nerves right now deserves any space in your life at all. Can I say that again? Not everything that is working your nerves right now deserves any space in your life at all. Not everything that is causing you pain right now merits the anguish that you're allowing in your life right now. And, you know, you say, well, pastor, you don't know how it makes me feel. I know how it made Paul feel in this moment. Paul was ready to go. Paul's like, you want to talk trash about me? I will come to the theater at high noon. We'll have a showdown right there. It'll be Elisha and the prophets of Baal all over again. You just wait and see. I, I know what it's like. Listen, church, I know what it's like to have to shut up when you want to say something so bad, but you know it's not worth it. I know what it's like to want to set the record straight, but doing so would only create a bigger battle than simply giving it to Jesus and moving on. I know what it's like to live with the embarrassment of other people saying things about you that aren't true, but knowing as well that you're just being baited because they want you, what they want you to do is react and be foolish so they can say something else about you. I know what it is to have the commotion around you. 
I know what it is. I'm, 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 I'm going to be perfectly transparent with you. I know what it is to walk right in the middle of it. It never feels as good on the backside as you imagined it would on the front side. It never, it never resolves things afterwards the way you thought it would when you were heading into it in your infinite wisdom knowing that if you could just have the opportunity to say thus and such that everybody would understand and it would make things right and you would just be so much the better for it and here's 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 where here's where we wind up here with this narrative acts chapter 19 verse 32 remember that city that was so filled with confusion verse 32 some therefore cried one thing and some another for the assembly was confused now listen to this listen to this I, I don't know if this is reminiscent for you of any current affairs or not but it is to me I, I see I see our world right here and it says and most of them did not know why they had come together I mean they're out in the street flipping cars burning things breaking they, this one's saying this and that they don't even know they just caught up in the fray they don't what Some folks just thrive on drama. Some folks just thrive on drama. So basically what's being said here is that they were just making a bunch of noise anyway. They didn't even know what the real issue was. They were just making some noise. And, and Paul wants to go and distract himself in the middle of that noise. But his counselors around him said, no, it's not. This is not you, bro. This is not your place. This is not your time. Don't go there. This is just going to get you off your route, man. Don't, don't get into that. Thank God for those people. Thank God for those people. I think, I think the same thing sometimes when I, when I turn on the TV and I see the stuff that's happening in our world, they find one person to be the spokesperson and they tell what everybody else is upset over. But everybody else is running around doing foolish things and they don't even know what everybody else is doing out there. They just love the drama. And finally, the city clerk, here, here it comes, here it comes, watch this. The city clerk steps up and he makes a speech. And he said, listen, y'all are out here making all this noise and everything. You don't really have any substantiated stuff. You're just going to get us in trouble with the authorities. So just cut it out. Knock it off. Verse 41. Look at this. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. That was it. That was it. That's the end of the whole hoo-ha that Paul wanted to go and involve himself with. And so oftentimes there's a great commotion in our lives that we're just itching to get in the middle of, but it's just there to distract us from what God wants for our lives. And if we just leave it alone, gone, gone. 
And, and you see how easily this matter dissolved. But I want to ask you this, what might have become of it if Paul got involved in it? Let's just, let's just mention these few things that, that didn't happen. The emotional trauma not endured because he did not engage. The time that was not wasted here. Let's highlight that. Let's talk about the energy and the resources not spent on this foolishness. Have you ever looked back on, on situations and thought, what if? Ah, oh, what if? I took a left turn there. What if I'd have taken a right turn? I, I, I took this job, but what if I'd have stayed at that one? What if, what if, what if, what if? What if? I look back on Acts 19 and I think to myself, what if? What if, what if Paul had gotten involved? What if, what if he didn't have those counselors around him and he had gotten caught up in the fray of the drama unfolding here in Acts 19? And, you know, we, we usually think about this from the vantage point of having missed out or having felt like we missed out on something when we say, what if? I wonder what if. But what, if, what would we have missed out on if Paul, because after this point, it's after this point in Paul's life that, that uh, our best assessment of the times of the writings of the epistles happen that we know that Paul accomplished these things after he left Ephesus after this event that Paul wrote the book of Romans it was after Ephesus that Paul wrote Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Philemon and first and second Timothy and Titus I mean, we've got basically half the New Testament here that God had intended and set this man apart to, to write and to be inspired to share with us these, these insights into the things of the Spirit. But suppose Paul had gotten caught up in the fray, caught up in the confusion. Would we have it? I'm sure that God would have some way in his divine providence made a way for us to have these principles, but it wouldn't have been through Paul, possibly. Have you ever gotten into a thing and later realized that it wouldn't have been a thing if it had not been made a thing? I mean, it, it wasn't anything until you got your emotions showed up and made it a thing. And then what wouldn't have been a thing at all, now all of a sudden is a really big thing. And truthfully speaking, sometimes we're embarrassed because we know that now it's only a thing. It's not only a thing, but it's an enduring thing because we made it that way. Because we got distracted. We got pulled into the adversary's confusion. And listen, I titled this message, Go in the Distance. You may have seen that and you're thinking to yourself, what has this got to do with going the distance? Listen, wherever you're at right now, there's so much more for you. So much more. Greater things God desires to do in your life. Greater things, greater things God desires to show you. And we will never go the distance to where it is that God wants to take us 
if we continually permit ourselves to be distracted and caught up in the commotion that the enemy allows in our lives. Paul went the distance. As a matter of fact, in this very, this very book here that Paul writes to young Timothy, he says, I've run my race. I've finished my course. My course didn't get cut short with the confusion and commotion in Ephesus. But I, I had friends and I had counselors around me. I had people to help me stay strong and guide me around that. When all of my heart and emotions said, go get in it, get after it, they said, don't do it. And I'm here today to tell you, I have run my race and I have finished my course. Therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness and not just for me, but for everyone who loves his appearing. And you and I will never go the distance falling for every distraction that the enemy puts in front of us. Listen, you need to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths and he is not the author of confusion. You will not be led into foolishness and nonsense following Jesus. He will keep you from it. Don't be distracted by it, but follow hard after him. Amen? Would you stand? Would you stand today? And I, wanna, I just want to offer this simple call this morning, and we're going to worship the Lord here. Pastor Trey and the team's going to lead us again. But as we, begin to, as we begin to worship the Lord today, first of all, if you need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to come and join me here at this altar today. I want to pray with you. I want to believe God with you for the miracle of salvation. Today can be a brand new day for you. And then beyond that, if you're here in this place today and you say, Pastor, I've got some things that have just been vexing my life and they've been, they've been confusing me and tearing me up inside and I just need to lay them on the altar. Listen, this is the place for it. This, this is the place for it. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Listen, I, I, we all have to contend for the faith. We all have to set aside the weights and the sin that so easily besets us. But I want to encourage you with that right now. If you've got things that are warring in your mind, things that are warring against your family, things that are warring against your, your life situations today, this is the place to lay it down and say, God, give me clarity in the confusion, God. Help me know your direction for my life. Help me, God, avoid the pitfalls of the adversary because I want to go the distance. And just lay them on the altar this morning. Say, God, they're yours. They're yours. Keep me from distraction today. Help me forgive past hurts. Help me to lay down these things, God, that I've been hanging on to, God, because I want to go the distance. I don't want to be distracted. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.